0: Again, let me welcome you to GRX. My name's Scott Liu. I'm the pastor here. And uh, especially if you're visiting with us here and uh, maybe you're new to GRX here, you're new to this community, thank you. Thank you for joining us for Easter. This morning, just before our worship service, if you got here a little bit early, you saw that the courtyard was covered with eggs covered with plastic eggs, and we enjoyed an Easter egg hunt right before service. Now, it was pretty fun to see all the energy that was out there, all the joy that was out there, to watch the kids get released and then find all the eggs that were out there and then open them up and then discover what was inside. Discovery. It's one of the great things about being alive. You know, as adults, our whole life journey is about discovery. Discover a cool place to eat, or maybe you discover a band, or some music that you like. You discover a new technology, maybe a new gadget. You discover a sale and tell everybody about it. You discover stuff. You discover interesting people In your life, you discover loyalty in your friendships. You discover what is life-giving to you, what brings you joy, what brings you passion, what brings you humor. Life is about discovery. It seems that there are two kinds of discovery. A mentor once shared this with me. The first kind of discovery comes after careful search by intentionally looking for something, by exploring something. And when you're looking, then you find it. Like hunting for Easter eggs. You're looking for them, and then you find it. Watson and Crick, Famous scientists in the life sciences, they were credited with the discovery of the structure of DNA and the double helix. They had this first kind of discovery where they were searching for it and then they found it. They were actually looking for a helix. They were looking for a helix for DNA. It was based on the study and the finding and the research of Rosalind Franklin, And what Rosalind Franklin had done was she had actually used X-ray diffraction looking at DNA, and it showed up in an X pattern. And so Rosalind Franklin said, it's a helix. And that's what Watson and Crick based their theories on and their discoveries. And they said, it's got to be a helix. And they discovered the double helix. The Christmas story, when Jesus Christ was born, is like this first way of discovery because you had these wise men that that came from the east and it says that they were following a star and they were searching for jesus and then they came to bethlehem and they found him they found jesus the first way of discovery but then there's a second way of discovery there's a second kind of discovery And that's the kind of discovery that comes completely by surprise. You don't expect it. You're not looking for it. And then there it is. It's like you put your hand in your pocket and all of a sudden you find 20 bucks. You're like, wow, that's cool. I didn't know that was in there. Did you know that chocolate chip cookies were discovered this way? This second way? In 1930s, there's a woman named Ruth Wakefield, and she had an inn. She was the owner of this place called the Toll House Inn in Whitman, Massachusetts. And she was trying to make traditional chocolate cookies. But she had run out of baking chocolate, that chocolate that you mix in with the batter. And she's trying to make these chocolate cookies. And so she took this semi-sweet chocolate bar that she had received from a friend of hers, a guy named... Andrew Nestle. (laughs) She cut up this chocolate bar. She threw it into the dough, mixed it all up, threw it in the oven. She thought, this is just going to melt. It's going to go into the cookies just like regular. But those semi-sweet chunks only melted a little bit, and they got kind of soft. She goes, man, i got to serve these. Gives them to the guests at Toll House Inn, and they loved them. They loved them. You know, uh, the Toll House cookie recipe gained all this popularity and the Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar sales, they went through the roof. Penicillin was discovered the second way. In 1928, there was a Scottish scientist named Andrew Fleming and he discovered by surprise and he even discovered when maybe you even feel like giving up See, Andrew Fleming was working in his lab, and he just, you know, he just wasn't real tidy, and he said, man, I need a vacation. So Andrew Fleming decides, I'm going to just go on vacation. But he left all this stuff out on his lab bench. He didn't clean it up. He just left it all out there. He was studying bacteria. Two weeks he was gone. He comes back, opens up his lab, looks at his lab bench. He sees a Petri dish that he had left out. It was completely covered with bacteria. Except for one little circle where a penicillium mold had blown in and landed. And all around it, there was no bacteria. He took that penicillium mold and looked at it. And from that, penicillin. Discovered by accident. Did you know that Teflon was discovered by surprise? Maybe you knew that. Maybe in your kitchen you've got one of these right now. It's a Teflon frying pan. It's incredible. It was discovered by a scientist from DuPont. He was actually looking for a refrigerator coolant, something that could replace Freon. He had mixed up a bunch of stuff, and he had opened up one of these containers that he had mixed up all this stuff, and he's like, hey, where's my refrigerator coolant? He didn't find it. Instead, he discovered this kind of smooth residue that was incredibly resistant to heat. Teflon, completely by surprise. All of the first disciples, all of the men and women who followed Jesus Christ, discovered Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, by surprise, They all discovered him by this second way. His victory and power over sin and death itself, they were discovered by surprise. The followers of Jesus Christ, they weren't looking for him. None of the disciples found Jesus by the first way. They all found him when they weren't looking. Leading up to Easter... And the events that happened that we celebrate today, all these events, it was Jesus Christ who was crucified. He was tortured on a Roman cross, which was a first century instrument of torture, and he was killed. And all of his disciples despaired. The Gospel of John tells about how the disciples themselves were hiding behind locked doors because they were afraid of the crowds that chanted, for the crucifixion of jesus but then jesus finds them while they're hiding behind locked doors in luke's gospel about the account of jesus there are two followers of jesus who are on the road they're on the road to emmaus another town they're leaving jerusalem where all these horrible things happened where the death of jesus happened and they are leaving town they are despairing they're discouraged. And on the road, they discover Jesus by surprise. Sometimes, when you feel like you've given up and there's nothing left to find, then you can find it. That's what happens to Mary. Mary Magdalene. And that's the passage we're going to read together and look at very briefly this morning. Mary Magdalene was a follower of Jesus She was a woman who had been healed by Jesus in the life of Jesus. And then Jesus had been killed two days before. This is where we pick up the story. Jesus had been put into a tomb. He had been buried and a stone had been put in front of the tomb as was the custom of first century. That's what they did. And then in John chapter 20, verses 1 through 3 and then 11 to 18, this is what we see on that first Easter morning. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. That means the tomb is now open when before it was sealed. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, that's John, Peter and John, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Mary is coming to the tomb to mourn. She comes expecting either for the body of Jesus to be there, and certainly for the stone to be covering the tomb for it to be completely sealed. That's what she's expecting. But now the tomb is open and the body is gone. Grave robbers? It would have been understood. Perhaps grave robbers stole the body looking for treasure inside the tomb. Now Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white standing where the body of Jesus had lain one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And said to them, and she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she says to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic. It's her heart language. Rabboni which means teacher. It's her term of affection. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers, that's the other disciples, and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to his disciples, I have seen the Lord. And he said these things to her. Mary discovers Jesus by surprise. Then she says these amazing words. I have seen the Lord. She's the first preacher of the gospel. Isn't that Mary Magdalene? This woman of faith. She is the first evangelist and first preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ. I have seen the Lord. Easter is about celebrating one thing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything about the Christian faith hangs on this that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the grave. Sometimes the question comes up how can you believe this? It seems so difficult to believe. Let me offer these three reflections on the resurrection of Jesus. Why believe? First, the message of hope. I've seen the Lord. It comes when the disciples were not looking for it. No one expected Jesus to return from from the grave. No one expected Jesus to return to life. All the closest followers were discouraged. Some were heading off to Emmaus. Some were hiding in a room. Some came to the tomb expecting to find the body. Nobody expected it. But it was completely by surprise. And Jesus found them. They didn't find Jesus. Jesus found them. And it transformed a group of people in the first century who were afraid and hiding into people who were bold and courageous and shared about the love of God in Jesus Christ. The second piece of evidence is actually that all the evidence is, frankly, very unremarkable. It's actually unremarkable. The empty tomb, it's really uninteresting. I mean it's just it's just it's just a cave in some rock. You know, in the early church. The first Christians, they were not interested in the tomb. They didn't care about the tomb. They didn't care about the tomb once they knew Jesus had risen. You know, now in Jerusalem, because of tourism, all kinds of people care about the tomb. You know, you know actually right now in Jerusalem, there's a conflict about where the real tomb is. There's actually, say, there's, there's two places where you can go. A- and you can actually pay money. To go and see it. Right? You can go and there's not because they're trying to like, hey, this is where Jesus was. This is where Jesus was. But you know, I had a chance to go see it. It's not really that interesting. (laughs) If you've been in a cave, that's what it looks like. (laughs) Fifteen seconds. You go in, yep. It's cave. And you're done. That's it. It doesn't matter. The grave doesn't matter because he's not there. It doesn't matter. In the early church, it didn't matter either. And then the third thing that I wonder about, and that's really compelling for me, is actually the words of Jesus Christ himself. When Jesus Christ is dying on the cross, There's another criminal being crucified with him. There's another man who's also sentenced to death, and he's right next to him. And this other man says to Jesus, while they're both dying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus says to him, truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. What do you do with that? Is that just what one dying man says to another dying man? Is that just what you say to comfort somebody? I mean, if you were in the hospital with a loved one who was about to pass away, I mean, would you say that? Truly, you will be with me in paradise. Are those just nice words? Or can Jesus Christ keep that promise? Today, you will be with me in paradise. When Jesus Christ was suffering at the hands of other people, when he was dying on the cross, and he prays out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What do you do with that? Is that just a good teacher that's saying something for his people to remember? Or can real forgiveness be found in Jesus Christ? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the proof that Jesus Christ can keep his promises. That in Jesus Christ, Jesus himself has the power to, over death and in jesus christ life and forgiveness can be found in jesus christ is the assurance today you will be with me in paradise jesus coming to life it proves he can make those promises good it's easter why did you come here this morning you may be here on Sunday. This is your church. You're a regular GRXer. You come every Sunday. Or you might be here and you're completely new. You came here because you were invited by a friend. You found us on the website. You might be an old GRXer. You used to be here and then you've, you've, you've gone away. But then you're back. You're just kind of checking things out. Maybe you're here because the Easter egg hunt. It's cool. I just want my kids to have a good experience. I love free candy. We'll get free candy. (laughs) Maybe you're here because you love the church. And I love the church. Man, I'm going to be in church on Easter. Maybe you're here because you've had a really painful experience with the church. And you're just barely here. And you're seeing if God can meet you here and give you hope on Easter. Hey, whatever the reason is that brought you here to GRX on Sunday, it's my hope that by being here, you would see and know and experience God's grace and God's love for you. That you would discover Jesus Christ, even if it's by surprise. I'm going to share something with you guys, and, and it's especially for you guys if you're if you're near if you're new here, and, and you don't really know our community. You look at folks around here and you go, "Man, there's some, there's some cool folks here." But you might be wondering, are we a perfect Christian community? Is GRX perfect? Does GRX have everything together? Let me say, here's the pastor. Absolutely not. I love our church and I love the people that are here, but it's not because we're perfect or that everyone has everything all together. We are a mix because each of us individually are a mix. We're one part extraordinary and one part flawed. We're one part creative and one part crabby and we're one part saint and one part sinner, all of us. But we are also here growing in our love for God and for each other. We are forgiven and loved and renewed in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If you're just kind of bumping along and you're searching for a spiritual home, and maybe you're looking for a place where you can be authentic, where you can ask questions, where you can bring your doubt, your skepticism. Maybe you're looking for a place where you can grow as a person. Maybe figure out what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ here in Silicon Valley. Or maybe you don't really know at all. And maybe you don't even know what you're searching for. If you're intrigued by what is happening here and by what God is doing here with us as a people let me encourage you to land here discover Jesus and figure out what it means to be a follower of him there's something more important for you here than Easter egg hunts or Teflon or chocolate chip cookies or even penicillin it's Jesus Christ the risen Lord, the Son of God who loves you, the Son of God who loves you. He offers forgiveness in His name, assurance for eternal life, in eternity with God in heaven. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank You for Your promises and that Your promises are good. I thank you, God, that you rose again from the grave and it makes all your words true and all your promises certain. Thank you, God, that in you, you love us. As we turn to you, you offer us forgiveness in your name for everything that we've done, all the bad that we've done, everything that we think is unforgivable. And thank you, God, that even in spite of all the good that we think we're doing, that you love us and you bring us into heaven with you. God, I pray that you would stir in us, that we would be a people that would discover you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.